Are You Playing? Hello, and welcome to What the Bleep Are You Playing? A podcast where we play a game, many times bad, and tell you why the bleep we played it. I am Elementals Sean. This is Crash Bandicoot Thomas. And this is Crunch Bandicoot Mason. (laughs) And we're playing... Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Cortex. Oh, you really had to compare me to Crunch. I did. Oh. I did. I did. Look. Thanks. <laughs> Crunch becomes great when he becomes a Mr. T ripoff. That's fair. Is this the, is this the first game that, that yes. Crunch yes. is Crunch. This is yeah. Crunch's debut. This is Crunch's debut. Absolutely Crunch's debut. Debut? Debut. Uh, and you can see with the names right there off the bat that... My thoughts on this game are going to be very complex, and very little actually stuck out on this game to me. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt it was going to be for myself too, playing through Wrath of Cortex. Yeah, because like I had only I had only heard the myths of this game. I had never played it before at all uh, when we went to do it for this episode. So I had no idea what to expect. It's very different from like past episodes where I like kind of knew what to expect. Like, you were really going in blind. Here. Yeah. So yeah, this was this was the game that I suggested, and the funny thing about it was, at the time I had suggested it, and really up until a few weeks ago, I had never even touched a Crash Bandicoot game at all. I only recently, before we started preparing for this episode, uh, did I start playing the Insane Trilogy just to get some sort of idea. Uh, I played through a little bit of one, most of two, and I didn't I didn't end up getting the three. So you uh, you sat down and played some good Crash Bandicoots to prepare for this one. So you might have the most interesting perspective simply yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> because. Keep in mind, these guys made fun of me for picking X2 Wolverine's Revenge out of all the X-Men games. Mason picked Wrath of Cortex out of all the Crash Bandicoot games. <laughs> That's so fair. eat a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. This was... The thing about this game is it is kind of infamous, as this was the Crash Bandicoot 4 before Crash Bandicoot 4 actually existed. And that's what that's what uh, made it interesting uh, enough for me to pick this as my last suggested game of the season, quote-unquote, because they... So the... Um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of taking over your over, the overview job just a little bit here. The, the, the Crash Bandicoot timeline, if you will, uh, the, 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 the first four games were Naughty Dog developed. Mm-hmm. And Crash Bandicoot... Cortex Strikes Back, Warth, and Crash Team Racing. Mm-hmm. Those were all Naughty Dog games. After Crash Team Racing... Did this is another, uh, Did Naughty Dog sell right as the PlayStation 2 was coming out? No, because... Or would have been before. probably get to this. Crash Bash was not Naughty Dog. And that was... It was... Yeah, and that was just PlayStation. Was that them just... Was that them... Had they actually fully sold, or was that just them renting the license is what I'm wondering? I think they had fully sold. Because I know once the PlayStation 2, they were fully in Uncharted. Like, that well, was their uh, thing. So they, I, don't, I don't think they actually, like, completely sold the rights. I think they just reverted back to Universal, is what happened. Because I think Universal gave them funding to make the game. That makes sense. And I don't know the whole Crash Bandicoot story, so I'll try to figure out exactly, because Naughty Dog made the games and then didn't. And so... <laughs> It's not like Jack and Dexter where they have the license and are just sitting on it and not doing a goddamn thing. Uh, right. Sadness. Yeah, no, so we that... made the Last of Us remake like only not even 10 years after it came out. Yes, I'm bitter about that. <laughs> Fuck the Last of okay, Us. Okay, so so they so they had initially only signed on to to make 3 games and Crash Team Racing was impossible Crash 3 as it as it it was being made after Crash 2. And then, but Naughty Dog had gotten so far into into three that they were like, oh, well, we might as well just release both. And they were somehow allowed to for some reason. Well, uh, well they're, they're making them lots of money. Uh, <laughs> that would make Crash sense. Team Racing was originally Crash 3 mm-hmm. because they focused so much on the vehicle sections. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, it became so complex, they were like, might as well just make this a racing game mm-hmm. and just make Crash 3 on the side. The, and okay. remember, I know you're going to get in there, but remember that Crash Bandicoot was the mascot of the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Crash oh, Bandicoot yeah. was the Mario and the Sonic. It's yeah. weird to think about now, but that was, like, considering that it's on all systems, that not long after that it was on, there were Game Boy Advance games and... Obviously, we're, we played uh, this game on the GameCube. Uh, we we yeah. played the worst version. Which was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just weird to think about that that was the mascot of a franchise, uh, of a system that's still going on. It's not like Sonic and Sega that the systems are gone, making, pla- uh, making for all systems now. It'd be like if Mario suddenly was made for all systems consistently, but Nintendo was still, pro, still making you know, pushing out consoles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is weird when you say it out loud. So yeah, there were the there were the first first four uh Naughty Dog developed Crash Bandicoot games. Then the rights went back to Universal and they uh decided to give the rights to our friends over at Eurocom to create Crash Bash in the year two thousand, which was a Mario Party ripoff. In the worst way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as someone who played Crash Bash back in the day, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for the game. Mm. But also, it's not a particularly good game. It's a bad Mario Party ripoff. And we've talked a lot about Eurocom. We'll talk a little bit more later about them, but because they've now developed three games we've covered in Season 1. <laughs> and there's going to be more yeah, in Season 2. And there's going to be more in Season 2, because they're just our best friends. <laughs> I know there's there's somebody out there that's listening that works at Eurocom going, Yes! <laughs> uh, that'd be hard. It shut down. Yeah. Oh, they, someone that used there's to work There's a former employee going, My work was not in vain. <laughs> These weirdos making a podcast care about what we did. What game are they talking about? Wrath of Cortex. Fuck! <laughs> Couldn't they have been playing James Bond Jr.? <laughs> uh, so yeah, cra- Crash Bash happened. Uh, I don't remember what the what the reviews were at the time. No, oh, yeah, they weren't great. They were like they were they were very mixed. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of sixes and seven out of tens. So, so very similar uh, to what we're about to get for this game. So yeah, they wasn't great. So when they so when they went went on to do the next game, uh, Universal actually they they kept Eurocom to do the the GameCube version, mm-hmm. but then they went to Traveller's Tales. Did. Yeah, because yeah, Eurocom eventually did the port. They eventually ported over the GameCube. Yes. They had familiarity with the the GameCube. I don't think Traveler Tales had any familiarity with uh, the GameCube at all at that point. Not at the point. I don't. That wouldn't surprise they've, me. Oh, yeah, uh, they they did not make a Nintendo game until the until Lego Star Wars Two for the GameCube. It looks like. What are you talking about? I have Bionicle oh, Heroes. Right yeah, there. maybe. Yeah, or maybe they didn't. I don't know if they did make it, but because they uh, they had listed here, they. Did not make a lot of Nintendo games at that point, so. No. I mean, uh, and Eurocom was, made a lot of GameCube games. I mean, this was back when Traveler's Tales was actually a developer for games other than Lego. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I do like the Lego games, but it's like you—they hit a wall, and it's just all Lego. Weirdly, games. you can see what in this game what would become Lego games if you bit. look at the game, bit. the layout, yeah. the way everything is laid out, the way everything looks. Uh, it kind of is a like early precursor to kind of how the Lego games would look later on. Yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit, yeah. Just so interesting because I'm looking at a picture of it and I was like, that kind of looks like the Lego. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so pretty much the the whole idea of of Wrath of Cortex is that they were gonna they they were gonna bring Crash the Crash Bandicoot formula back to what it originally was. And that's what Wrath of Cortex was. And then after they did that, they continued to mess with the formula even further to the point where we got games like Crash of the Titans and Mind Over Mutant. So the saying is Crash had a very interesting life history. Uh, You know, way more turbulent than obviously the other mascots that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, and because of all of the licensing and everything afterwards, it still is the m- most bonkers thing that Crash Bandicoot was not playable in PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't think about Because that. they couldn't get the license. Wow. Yeah, so the mascot of PlayStation was From the 90s in. was not in it. Again, that'd be if, like, Super Smash Bros. came out and they're like, yep, sorry, we couldn't get Mario. Yeah. <laughs> 
but you know who we and in comparison because they had fucking DMC Dante like edgy emo boy Dante be like hey we couldn't get Mario but you know who we could get Jack from Final Fantasy Strangers in Paradise. Exactly. What? <laughs> and you know what's you know what's even you know what's even incre- even crazier than that is that currently the so the uh, at least now I think they may have been doing this prior to but the publish but the publisher of Insane Trilogy and the newest Crash Four it's about time is Activision, mm-hmm. which is an Xbox owned company now. Yep. yep. Yeah. Which is weird. It's very weird. That would be that would be like Mario getting bought by Sega. It, that is yeah. weird. It's super weird. Uh, but look, Crash Bandicoot: uh, Wrath of Cortex was also the f- uh, was it one of the original launch titles for the Xbox Originals line. Oh wow! That was of downloadable original Xbox games for the 360. Whoa! So it was one of those like it, it, weirdly, this is kind of the game that started Crash Bandicoot not being a PlayStation mascot. And being a everything everything mascot to eventually moving more to an Xbox match mascot, which is weird to think it's about. Very, so very weird. Odd, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's um, interesting. I didn't think about it like that. You mentioned the game that they wanted to kind of go back to what Crash was. Yes, and that's both this game's strength and its biggest weakness. Biggest weakness, yeah. Because yeah, let's get it out of the way. This game is Crash Three, but not as good. Yeah. Yeah. I I used a comparison earlier before we were recording that it would be like if Nintendo made Super Mario World and then for Mario 64 just made the exact same thing but a slight upgrade in graphics. Yeah. And a downgrade and everything else. And that's kind of what this game is. Is like, yeah, you have all the crash elements. The levels are all very... Like, immediately... If you play a Crash Bandicoot game, you start immediately, you're like, yeah, this is a Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. Uh, it still has a camera that is not forgiving <laughs> at oh, all. Lord. It still has platforming elements that you're like, why'd you make this? Why is yeah. this hole here? Why am I running to the screen so often and not able to, you know, yeah. see holes that are coming up? Yeah. Uh-uh. There's a lot of the... the that's been in Crash Bandicoot from the beginning. Oh yeah, and like even even Crash Bandicoot fans, I think, <laughs> hate the stone chasing levels. But when you play like it, especially this game, you immediately feel there's like maybe they were trying to grip some nostalgia, maybe at that point. Mm-hmm. But you're like, ah, I'd rather be playing Crash Two or Crash One, right? And it like. I I hadn't played this game ever. This is the first time before this podcast. The first time I'd played Wrath of Cortex. I played the original Crashes a bunch uh, on the PlayStation, but I didn't play any. Really, didn't play any Crash Bandicoots between Crash Three and the Insane Trilogy. So like, there's a gap. There's a bit of a gap. Uh, yeah. There's PlayStation mascot and then the return of the PlayStation right, mascot. Right. It's nothing else in between. So playing this game, I immediately was like, man, how much is Crash Two? Can I get it for my PlayStation? <laughs> Because I'd rather go back and play the classic than than play kind of the watered down version of the classic. And like, my, so that biggest the biggest thing for me with this game, I don't know, if, I don't know uh, if you guys experienced it the same way as I did, but it has some weird difficulty inconsistencies. The regular the regular platforming levels are too easy, are way mm-hmm. too easy, and. And I get that, like, with as frustrating as the early Crash games are, even, even like, 2 and 3, which are playable, more so than the first one, but still frustrating. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot games are hard. Yeah, but the, but the platforming levels, at, at the very least, in this game, are far too easy. You can... They hand out extra lives like candy on Halloween, and they're just, they're just far too easy. After the first three levels, I had 37 lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By level five, I had three lives. Yeah, yeah that's what happens. And, like, the, the, there's just weird, like, inconsistencies in the difficulty with... So, like, the like the, the chase, the, the levels where you're running towards the camera, which I will say, even though I hate those kind of levels, even in the good Crash games... I did think it was kind of cool that a they uh, they kind of combined the two types of levels where you're running towards the camera and the camera moves and you're running away mm-hmm. from it. I did like that. I thought that was neat. I like that it wasn't always a chase level, 
And I also liked how you were running away from different things. It wasn't just a giant boulder all the time. It was mm-hmm. like a dragon. The dragon was fun. Legitimately, like in the a... first level, the dragon was unique and interesting and fun. And the way it, you know, the graphics of how it moved in the background, like you'd hit, oh, you'd yeah. go through a path and then it'd like slowly break through and then it'd come through. And it would, you know, if you died, it has a whole animation. If it catches you, like, the dragon was really cool. And then, like, the the one after that, it's you're in a jeep, and mm-hmm. it's a herd of rhinos, and that's really cool. Yeah. They, they clearly put a lot of love and a lot of the traditional crash stuff in this game. Yeah. But... <laughs> it's just... And then, and then there's the <laughs> underwater level that made me scream into my pillow and pull my hair out. This is the worst thing I've ever played. Underwater, level, level. underwater levels and platformers. They're just not... They're not great in general, but that Do we like underwater levels or ice levels more? <laughs> ice levels more. I mean, they're... Ice levels are frustrating, especially in crash games. But the underwater level is so much worse. Yeah. The ice levels are at least semi-playable. <laughs> That's fair. So, we've heard a lot here from... Mason and I, but Thomas, what did you think uh, uh, while playing through it? Or what was your experience with Crash going into it as well, since we told ours? I love Crash. Crash mm-hmm. is one of my favorite franchises. I played Crash a lot as a kid. I played Twin Sanity. Not any oh. of the big ones, no. I, I played Twin Sanity a lot as a kid. Which was the one that came, the next came platform after, after, this after this one, yeah. And I loved Twin Sanity. I still like Twin Sanity mm-hmm. a lot. I didn't really get into the originals until PlayStation Network, and I was able to play them through that. Mm-hmm. Specifically, 3. I played a lot of 3. In fact, let's get that out of the way. 3 is not only my favorite Crash game, it is one of my favorite games of all time. 3 is very I good. I Crash think I 3. slightly prefer 2 to it, but I love 3. Uh, which is why I say this game is like Crash 3, but weaker. But I'll kind of get to that. Um, and then the Insane Trilogy came out, played the shit out of that. I bought Crash 4 day one. Wow. Played the shit out of that. I still have nightmares. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the, making the Insane Trilogy and then Crash 4, they, there is more actual love for the franchise than, say, this attempt on it. Yeah. In those games. And, and not that they didn't love it more or things like that, but, like, they actually fully understood what made a Crash game... In my opinion, those those elements came into it that were like, okay, we're going to adapt and do things, keep this hard, weird level to it there, but it felt more like a spiritual successor to the original three than this game ever Ever really feels. This more feels like an homage to the first three. It It is very weird going back to this game after playing Crash 4, because, I mean, let's just compare the Crash 4s for a little bit. The new one wins. Let's let's not beat around the bush. The new one wins, but also it just controls a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like for example, there was one level. It's the death route in the first level, which again Mason said the platforming levels are really damn easy. It's so easy. Um, I trying to think of how many lives I had. I think it was around like thirty by the time I got to level three. Yeah, and by the time I started the second world, I had. Yeah, fifty. Like, um, that's what I'm saying. Like candy on Halloween. But so many lives. But where was I going? Son of a bitch. Oh yeah, in Crash Four, the the modern one. God damn it. And it's about time. And it's about time. Yeah. Crash will slide off the platform when you do the slide, but he'll hover for like a little bit, like a split second. But that split second means a lot, especially in Crash Bandicoot platforming. Because the reason I like and a lot of other people like Crash Bandicoot platforming is because it is so tight. It is so niche, basically. You, like, you have to perfectly aim. <laughs> yeah. And that really works. But in this game, which to be fair, it, that's how it is in the other Crash games, but it's just weird going back, comparing mm-hmm. Crash 4s again. Mm-hmm. In this game, it's like the other Crash games. You start sliding and you just kind of nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> and... Again, that's not necessarily this game's fault. It's trying to replicate the other uh, Crash games. But that is my problem with this game. It's not pushing anything forward. It's, as I said, it's Crash 3, but weaker. And that's my main problem with this game, is it just does not push anything forward. What it felt like... Oh, God. And especially because it is the first Crash game on a next-generation console for the time. It does nothing. Mm -hmm. And does... What the previous games did, 
just considering. Weaker. And I know there's a little bit of difference because Crash did start in 3D versus the other Sonic, oh, Mario, yeah, things yeah. like that started with, you know, uh, a 2D, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there is a little bit of difference. But considering how much those franchises had pushed their series, you know, we have already had Mario 64 at this point and we already had Sonic Adventure. Like, right. Heck, I think this game came out in 2001. 2001, so we would have had, yeah. Okay, so 2001, yes. Yeah, Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, would've we would have had Adventure 2 as well. Yeah. So, like, which both of those games pushed the franchises in different ways. Now, obviously, we know Sonic went a very different way after that point. Yeah. And Mario just always is pushing the envelope. Every game is right. different. So, to have this game, and I know it's the only one of those those games that was made by a different studio than what was making the previous ones. Mm-hmm. So, there is a little bit to that. But the fact that it just feels like a cut-and-paste crash game for a new system when a lot of the crash mechanics had already aged at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, we talked a lot about how this game has kind of, uh, you know, not pushed anything forward. But... I'll give credit, the development of this game was hectic. Oh, absolutely. The developers, again, in their defense, this is not saying, oh, that's the the reason, so you have to forgive everything about this game. (laughs) No, if a game's bad, a game's bad. I do not care about the development, but I will, at some point, give credit where it's due. Right. And basically, the development of this game was Universal going up to Traveler's Tales like, hey, you want to make Crash Bandicoot 4? Uh, sure, cool. You got six months. We got what? <laughs> so, Yeesh. it wasn't good for them. Yeah. It's... Considering considering mm. that's their timetable, yikes. Yeah, there, there's a lot on it. Um... I think what's, uh, what's, what's interesting about what you were saying earlier about how other mascot franchises sort of grew and developed during a time when Crash was kind of stagnant... It's kind of sad that when Crash Bandicoot kind of finally got to the point where it was where it could like kind of evolve, it wasn't really that good at it. Right. Like the one the one time that it was actually like good at doing something different was Twin Sanity, and then after that you got Crash of the Titans mm-hmm. and, and right. as the as other Crash Kart racers. My, my apologies. It was not six months. It was only one year. Yeah, it was which one still year. Still isn't good. But originally, they had to scrap everything. Yeah. Because they were building this up from the ground up to be a free-roaming crash game, very similar to what Twin Sanity would do. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what that was going to be. And then Universal, so... Then Universal came in and was like, nope, and they had to basically... So in a lot of ways, yeah, we don't don't blame Traveler's Tales 100% for some of the things, some of their some serious studio meddling. And as I said, Traveler's Tales has gone on to make Lego games, which are fantastic. And I love yeah, the Lego games. there's, uh, you can see a lot of the stuff in this, and it's a possibility that if we had gotten their idea initially, we might have gotten more of a Lego type um, uh, yeah. Crash Bandicoot game, which I think could work. Did you say not all the Lego games? Not all. No, I. I but most of them. The the one Lego game off the top of my head that I can't think they developed was like the original ones for like the PC. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, like Lego uh, Island. Yeah, That's like Lego cool. Island, Lego Island Two, and Lego Island Extreme Stunt Adventure, which I own. Of course, I oh, because they before. they did make Twin Sanity, so they did they did mm-hmm. make they Twin went and made Twin Sanity. Uh, the, if you want to know, their first Lego game was Lego Star Wars. Yes, it was Lego Star Wars, Lego Star Wars Two, and then Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Then, and and then Bionicle Heroes, I believe. Wow. Yeah, they made they made a lot of good stuff, uh, and they're a good studio from what it seems like. Look, they made the Toy Story and Toy Story 2 games. I was going to say, they made Toy Story 2 on the PS1, one of my favorite platforms mm-hmm. ever. Wow. Uh, so, so, like, this is a... Uh, for this, a for Universal to meddle like that from a studio that had made great platformers and will make a ton of great platformers in the future... It, it <clears> shows it was <throat> executive metal. Yes. Yeah. But... That being said, even though you give me a reason, you still gave me a mediocre price. Yes. Yeah. What? 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 This game felt like it was. It was trying to do was kind of like had the. It, it was trying to have the. Um, trying to figure out how to word this. It was trying to. It was trying to do what like a reboot does. Mm-hmm. It's. It was trying to introduce this this franchise 
in a in a way and present it in a way that was accessible to everyone, mm-hmm. so that everyone could possibly get. Which into... is why they, they they ported it so many times because it, it was yeah. a it was a PlayStation Two launch. Then a couple months later, they announced the Xbox. So it said it was it was it was launched on the PS2 October 29th of 2001. They announced in January of 20, 2002 they were bringing uh, it to the Xbox. May and May is they brought it to the Xbox, so two systems. And then in 2003, late 2002, uh, the GameCube got its version as well as the Game Boy Advance version of it. And so I, like yeah. it is meant to be the crash that is going to be accessible, and I can see Universal's vision. And what they were like trying to do is like, oh, this franchise has been on one system. We're now going to make the same thing and push it onto all the systems, and everyone's going to love us. The only issue with doing it like that with this game is that I can I can kind of see this game being enjoyable for like like a young preteen audience that like maybe had didn't know anything about Crash Bandicoot before, but. I can imagine that a lot of a lot of people playing this straight after Crash Three, being a fan of the first three games, going into Wrath of Cortex and going, "What the hell is this? Well, what you know, the hell is this?" That's where the reception kind of was, and it was the Xbox got the best reviews. Uh, Interesting. It, it is the one with the best graphics. They did at the uh, 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 Traveler's Tales did upgrade the graphics for the Xbox uh. Uh, a bit. Uh, it's the one with it. Uh, it's it doesn't have any like awful reviews across the board. There's a few fives out of tens, you know. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, and a lot of the low ones are on the GameCube, being mm-hmm. that it is almost ten points lower on Metacritic, the GameCube for the Xbox. <laughs> Ben Cosmina of Nintendo World Report summarized the game as a carbon copy of Crash 3. Damn. And that's what it is. And that's that's kind of, yeah. Because the thing with Crash 3 and that this game tries to replicate is there's a bunch of vehicle gimmicks in Crash 3. You'll have levels where Coco's flying an airplane. Mm-hmm. You'll have Coco on a jet ski. You'll have Crash on a motorcycle. But the thing is, those vehicles, even the ones that aren't too fun... Like the motorcycle, a lot of people don't like. I don't mind it, but a lot of people dislike mm-hmm. it. It's fine. It's, it's, it's just... Uh, even that motorcycle, it still controls well. Like mm-hmm. It still controls fine. My main problem with this game is the controls. Yeah. Because... And not... Okay, I guess I shouldn't say that. Not the controls. If you if you remember the talk about the Insane Trilogy, this will sound familiar. <laughs> My main problem with the game is the hitboxes. Yes. As, yes. As, weird, oh, as yeah. weird as that sounds, oh, yeah. I think the hitboxes are off in this game. They are. Yeah. The amount of times I would get close to someone and I'd either do a spin or a slide into them, and I'd be like, "Oh, I, I've tied, I've, I've got that perfect. I've done this there," and I would come up short so often, or I'd be, "What? I'd be like, Wait, what? I, that hit at that last one?" Uh, or the previous one, uh, or a lot of times, like I'd be like, "I dodged a thing and I'd still die," and I'm like, "Huh." It's not forgiving in a lot of it, and I think some of the hitboxes are either a little expanded in spots, or there's just some areas in it that got missed. Yeah, and I also, this might be weird. Sean, you'd probably know this more, because, well, Mason, you played some Crash games before this, too. Yeah. Did Crash's spin seem shorter to anyone else? Yes. Like, in terms of duration? Yes. I don't know if I noticed that. Because for me... Like, when you press square in, say, the Insane Trilogy, Crash will spin, mm-hmm. and it won't seem that long. It'll seem like a second, but that's still enough to hit something. In this game, it feels like half second. It feels weird. Like, um, so in Crash 2 and 3, when you bounce on a box, you bounce up, bounce up, and you come down, you can do a little spin and break the box. You couldn't do that in this game. Yeah, at least it was hmm. hard to time it. Yeah, it was a lot harder... I did not like the crash slide in this game. I used it a lot because it's very effective, but I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, Again, just... And also, for the GameCube, I think they didn't map the controls to the right buttons. I found myself wanting to hit other buttons for a lot of things, and a lot of times... Oh, yeah. I'm like, why would you map this to the X button? Why would this one not be that? Why would it be that? Like, there's just a couple things I'm like... Yeah, like, uh, if I remember I correctly, slide is the X button. Yeah. And I was like, why? It, it's just it's just very odd choices for it. It's not necessarily bad. 
it's just it's odd and it made the gameplay clunky at parts, I felt. And in the GameCube's defense, the problem with the button layout is it's not great for Crash Mm -hmm. because Crash has three main abilities. Jump, slide, spin. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's three buttons and you have to put one of them on the small Mm -hmm. buttons. I guess the slide makes the most sense, but it's still... I think I would have smacked slide to one of the top buttons. One of the triggers? No, one of either L or L, I think I would have Uh, have mapped. That that probably would have been I think that's how I would have mapped it. You could have taken out sneak and Mm -hmm. put it on the Z button. (laughs) Yeah. Sneak. Uh, Yeah, let's put it this way. It is the most useless crush ability. Absolutely. I even even potentially like I know it'd be a lot, but map you could have used the C stick to map some of those abilities. That C over would have been something. C up would have been you know some of those. Yeah. I think some of his movements like sliding, spinning that could have been something for it. Considering it is a port and a different studio doing the port, there were ways to map it and maybe even upgrade some of the problems with the game. Uh, but instead, they kind of downgraded some <laughs> of the problems on it. Yeah. Uh, which. Unfortunately, it was not uncommon for GameCube ports at the time because a lot of studios... The people who knew how to use the GameCube knew how to use the GameCube. A lot of studios didn't. The this would become an even bigger complaint with the next uh, 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 generation of Nintendo system. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some, something I wanted, to, I, I wanted to bring up real quick. I, I wasn't really sure where else to bring this up, but... Um, this game has a weirdly stacked cast. Yeah. A yeah. weirdly does universal. Have, does ha- yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. It has a very stacked cast. Like, I remember I was uh, I remember I was just uh, listening to the voices, and I'm like, that's Arlie Ermey. That's Mark Hamill. Yeah. That's Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, Tom, so yeah, like, Tom Wilson is the, is the Earth Elemental. Uh, Arlie Ermey is, the, is Walla the Water Elemental. And for those of you who don't recognize that name... That is Sergeant Hartman on Full Metal Jacket. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, this is our second game with Mark Hamill in it. Yeah, Mark, Mark yeah. Hamill, who plays Pyro, the Fire Elemental. Uh, Jess Harnell, who is no, who is uh, one of the voices on Animaniacs, and uh, a bun- bunch of other stuff. He's he's Lolo. He's the Air Elemental, and he would be Crash later on. Mm-hmm. Oh damn! Really? Yep. I didn't yeah. know that. He, I think he becomes the voice of Crash later on. Well, voice Crash just kind of makes sound effects, but. <laughs> Which is always it, it's always funny to have Crash the sound and then all these characters just talking directly to That's Crash. That's why it's, I like Crash. I so do much. actually. He's a dumbass. It would but be it's like great. it would be like if you were playing the Sonic games and Sonic doesn't respond, but Tails is just always talking to Sonic. I, that's why I find it so funny. Like Coco's like, "Come on, Crash, we gotta go. We gotta save the thing." Crash is like, Whoa. "Yeah." <laughs> and then you'll 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 like this, Thomas. Uh, the uh, the voice of Crunch is. Kevin Michael Richardson. I did. was Captain Gantu on Lilo and Stitch. I did. Yep. I did recognize that voice as soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he popped up. I'm like, oh, that's Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's again. Credit these are some recognizable voices. Mm-hmm. As yeah. soon as the water person start, as soon as the water mask started talking, I'm like, oh, that's Arlie Army. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, mm-hmm. admittedly, the writing in this game isn't great. It's not that. Funny, especially when compared to the other games. Also, no but subtitles. I know was very common in games at the time, but God, it still to this day frustrates me. But it <laughs> does have one of my favorite bits from the masks, where Arlie Army's water, because there's these little things in between uh, levels, in between some levels where the masks will just shit talk you. Yeah, they just <laughs> taunt you. And, it's very funny. And Arlie Army's water mask because one of my favorite ones where he pops up just goes go away and then leaves, and then he leaves. yeah that's right and i'm like that's so stupid but that's funny <laughs> we, i forgot about that i think because we played a lot of platformers at this point mm-hmm. a lot of bad platformers mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so phantom menace yes uh you know or just mediocre ones looney tunes back in action oh you God. know things like that that you know weirdly is the best platformer we played larry boy uh probably I mean, I guess SA2, but honestly, I think oh, Larry yeah. Boy might control better at the platforming than SA2. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> SA2 just has everything else going around it. Wow. That's harsh. <laughs> wow. Uh, but this is the most linear platforming we've played. Yeah. It, it, it's cause... not as open as anything else. And while there is absolutely still a, I think still an audience and an ability to play linear platforming games, I think the new Super Mario Bros. games absolutely prove that Linear platforming still has a thing, but 
I mean, I would hope it did. They made like five million different versions of the same damn game. Because they're falling. <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're easy to make. But like, and I, I do enjoy that sort of it, but this is a game that kind of is the argument for, yeah, linear might suck in some of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because well, the other old crashes, especially two and three, but even one, even though they're all just a linear path, it, there's a lot of enjoyment to be had in the path. Well, this game, there's just like nothing really interesting at the path other than, hey, I finally found the jewel and I found the end. Well, it's the thing is in Crash. Here, let's go with my least favorite of the original trilogy. Everyone's least favorite of the original trilogy. Let's not. If you say Crash One's your favorite, you're fucking lying. <laughs> then you really like a challenge. Yeah. No, no. If, it, if he's well, it's it's more like if you say Crash One is the best, you're lying. Crash <laughs> Crash One. Let's take uh, one of the earliest levels. There is a bit where you're like, oh, where's the other boxes? Where's the other boxes? You notice a little gap in the fence. Mm -hmm. So you bounce on this fire thing, hop over the fence, and break the boxes behind it. And it's like, that's cool. That is both linear, but also it gives a bit of depth to the levels. Mm -hmm. Wrath of Cortex, from what I played, to be fair... Okay, yeah. Uh, full disclosure, this game crashed on me twice, and at a certain point I just couldn't be bothered to give a shit. Especially after the bombing level, whatever the hell it's called. Oh, so God, I was yeah. just like, whatever. It's crashed twice. I'm just going to say that's God's sign to stop. <laughs> you need to be playing something better. <laughs> I'm doing this for your mental health. Wait, hold on. Hold on. You're telling me your crash game crashed? Yes. Nah! <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there's not a lot of depth. To this game, like I know it, sometimes it can go over to kind of the like little mini game bonus levels and things like that, which are just pretty straightforward little. And those have been, and those yeah, and those have always been crashed. They're always and they're fun. They're legitimately fun in this game. I enjoyed them, but like outside of that, like I don't know, man. It just this this game just it, it feels like a copy and paste. It's like you know, uh, hey, can I borrow your homework? Yeah, just change the answers. And it's just like slight little yeah. changes. And it, it, feel, it felt more like it wanted to kind of impress with it being on another generation. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Mason brought up the camera sweeping. Oh, like, yeah. You go to the chase sections. Crash. Oh, he doesn't have a motorcycle this time. Now he's got a Jeep, baby. <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of thing. A whole herd of rhinos chasing after you. All this is cool stuff. Like it's cool ideas. I I honestly I like Crash being in a jeep. I like mm -hmm. I like Crash and Coco having all these vehicles because it kind of separates them from other mascot platforms. And I like vehicles are fun. They're just the controls aren't great in this game for the vehicles. No. But vehicles are fun. I like Crash being in the mech suit from Alien for some reason. <laughs> it's neat, which, which it, still but takes, it's kind of weird. Okay, yeah. What bothers me about the mech suit and the submarine and the water levels? I why do they only take one hit? Like, why I, do I, they only take one hit? Like, That's a good question. Like, like, I get why, because it's Crash Bandicoot, but also, why <laughs> Crash is in this suit. Like, even the mech suit I can kind of get, because it has the design flaw of it being open. So, you could just pull uh, whatever the hell that guy's name is from Avatar and just, and shoot, just shoot him. him. But... I mean, even that guy had glass over the damn thing. Yeah, and like, why? But like, why does a submarine break well, after why does one hit? One hit, and not even a hit from like a C minor or whatever. Like official hit it, and crashes like, oh, time to die. <laughs> it's not forgiving at all. Yeah, and again, that's crash. Which crash, crash has never always been, not been forgiving. I was but say, crash has never been forgiving, especially the other crash four. It's about time, Jesus Christ. Um, but. In in those games, you have a premodicum of control. The hitboxes are right. In this game, again, the hitboxes just felt off, and that caused a everything lot is of just slightly it. off. Hitboxes, controls, camera, everything's just slightly off. Uh, which again, it would make sense because they had to scrap what they were doing and have a year to throw together a classic crash. Yeah, and so it would make sense that maybe there's a few fine tuning things that didn't get done. I think I feel like there was one there was one point where like I was going through I think it was like the second world or something like that where you go from like a platforming level to one of those ball rolling levels yeah to like a vehicle level to another platforming level to another and I'm just like what was wrong with just making a crash game what yeah. what was it felt it felt like they were that's what they were trying to do and then they started being like oh 
what if this starts getting stale? Oh, we gotta throw in a bunch more vehicle stuff in here. We gotta, we gotta make it different. We gotta, we gotta shake it up. You know, what was wrong with just making a good Crash game? I will say, the Crash Bandicoot in the Monkey Ball Ball uh, levels where he's rolling around the balls were really fun. I hated that shit. I, I love Monkey Ball, it. so and it's it, the uh, okay. Traveler's well, Tales made one of the Monkey Ball games. Let's, so. put, let's put it this way: I didn't hate the levels. Mm-hmm. The first boss fight. Okay, oh, the bo- yeah, boss fights them. No, no. Ah, uh, well, the you actual gotta, just gotta touch rocks. Yeah, it just it just touch rocks. That's all you do, and then the rocks touch back. Yeah, and it's not fun. It was not a fun. Yes, let me. Yeah, I'm definitely correcting. Boss fight, no. But the platforming levels with the uh, 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 with the ball, I found really really fun. I thought they were interesting dynamics, interesting way. Uh, you know, trying to build up speed to, to you know go through fast. Like it, 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 it was it, a cool it, element to it. It's kind of monkey ball light, but mm-hmm. I like monkey ball. Yeah, so that's kind of why I did. Uh, I, I did like I it. Any monkey ball? I don't know. You know, for a game titled Wrath of Cortex. We really haven't talked about what was the Wrath of Cortex in this game. And I know we sometimes gloss over the stories on this a bit, because we play a lot of games that don't have much of stories. But uh, I, this, I think it's important to bring up simply because it would introduce a character that would be imp- important for the franchise going forward. Crunch Bandicoot. Crunch is... I'll be honest, I actually don't mind Crunch. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of giving Crash this sort of... He's Knuckles. He's Crash's version of Knuckles. Yeah, it's a good idea, legitimately, and I think, I think a lot of the story was going to still be the same in uh, a different way uh, if it was more of a wandering level, wandering open uh, platform versus what we got. Right. And introducing a nemesis of similar is, yeah, it's what it worked very well with Knuckles. You know, it works very well with Mario. Uh, you know. Where, you know, when you introduce somebody coming in who is similar-like but has different abilities to fight, it is legitimately a good idea. And I I think that is something this game actually did understand from a story point, what they were doing. Plus, he's voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. Exactly. literally can't go wrong with that. (laughs) Uh, I I will say it's kind of interesting that because he came out after how much Crash combines elements of Mario and Sonic. Mm-hmm. Because you have Coco, who's his sibling like Mario, but she's a tech whiz like Tails. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you have he both has the goofy anti-rival with anti-Crash, mm-hmm. but then he has the edgy anti-rival with evil Crash and Twin Sanity. So it's kind oh, of Oh yeah, cool. I forgot about that. So it's kind of cool how he is kind of a combination of Mario and Sonic in he got, the world. He got both. Else. He got both Shadow and Wario. Exactly. <laughs> um, was it was it Twin Sanity that had those twin birds as the yes. villain? Oh god. Uh, <laughs> they're I, not good villains. I will say of the franchises, the mascot franchises. Because in truth, nobody really cares that much about the Mario storyline. Yeah. Sonic yeah. is the one that people care about the storyline. Yeah. Yes. But this falls much more on the Mario side of the originals. People didn't care that much about what was going on in the story. Yeah. The, Crash is a goodie. Cortex is a baddie. Go. Yeah. Yeah. They start getting more story heavy later, but it's less actual story and more gags. Which mm-hmm. I think fits best for Crash. Mm-hmm. Crash is not a... Okay, let's put it this way. Sonic is a big epic like shonen anime. Crash is Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, and that's the... Crash yeah. is Looney Tunes. And, and, and Crash like should be Looney Tunes. Like, I'm not saying he should be anything else. God, don't make him anything else. But... Well, you're telling me you don't want the edgy Crash Bandicoot reboot? I really no. don't. I That's called actually... Jack and Daxter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a different... Like, that Naughty Dog went on and did that sort of thing. But yeah, Crash Bandicoot is meant to be goofy, Looney Tunes-esque. While I didn't hate the story for everything, it's a pretty fine story overall. What it is, I think it starts to slowly get a little more away from what Crash is in a story. And that is... Crash is slipping on a banana peel, running down, <laughs> and you know, yeah, chasing yeah. some. Again, you know. again, Mason said a Crash goody, Cortex baddie, fight. Yeah, yeah, let them fight. Which is why it's fun. It, it, Crash makes sense being in a Crash Bash, a racing game, things like that. Actually, kind of makes sense more than say like Sonic does, 
because it's like it does feel like it's a goofy universe where yeah it would make sense if all the looney tunes are in a racing game you know why because <laughs> the looney tunes just do things together i will say that um the love that one level where it's where you're going through and it's like all the science stuff and there the drills coming out and you're running on uh, yes. conveyor belts did kind of make me think i would love like a Crash Bandicoot Star Wars parody game where you're Crash Bandicoot in space. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Crash in space! I, re- I really want, like, a... Like, not Cortex, but like an edgy Darth Vader clone villain who's so super serious, but he has to compete with Crash. <laughs> He's just the biggest dumbass the whole time. <laughs> it's Crash Man who comes up to like a like a Darth Vader-esque villain, and he's like, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> it's these sort of things. It's, like, just, it's just Crash Bandicoot in Spaceballs. Which Crash, I think... Uh, the guy tries to choke Crash, and it's like, why can't I choke you? And Coco's like, don't you see? He has no neck. neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crash this throws a is <laughs> kind of the flaw that came up as Crash was moving on from PlayStation and being the mascot. Is right there is... Universal had their vision of we have the next big franchise-defining story. Instead of, hey, we have the next Mario in a lot of ways. Yeah. If they just had leaned into the Goofy more... It would have been better. I think it would have been better. Because then a lot of the zany games could have been made. Like, I would play a Crash Golf game if it's ridiculous. Like, (laughs) I would play these sort of things because these characters are... They're goofy. They're goofy. silly. Uh, and you could have you could have fun games. Like, look, would Crash I play a... Sports. Yeah. Would I play okay, a Crash dodgeball yeah. game? That might be really fun. Look, hell Wumpa yeah, Wumpa. I'd play Crash Team Sports. Yeah. Or Crash Team Dodgeball or whatever. Yeah. Hell, they're doing a Wumpa League now? Mm-hmm. Or no, that, that was the... That was the like a, the, uh, yeah, that, that was, was the original title. Crash. I can't remember. What's Tag it called? Tag Royale, then? something like that. Yeah. Yeah, what, oh, what's, it, what's it called? <laughs> I don't know. The new Crash game, but it looks like they're kind of going that route. And that's probably Rumble. smart. Rumble. Rumble, that's what it's Crash, yeah. Crash Team Rumble. Crash Team Rumble. Okay. Which is fun. That's that's what this franchise should be. And that's not to say that this game isn't fun. It just is... It, this is kind of where it trended away from what made Crash fun in a lot of ways. I know that it said, I've never played Twin Sanity, so I can't say anything to it, but I know you say it's really good, so like, it's not to say they're well, good games, but... Twin Sanity is such a different Crash game that it feels like kind of a first start to something new. Which, again, they were going for for this, but it just didn't pan out. So I did play... I, I know I said I kind of missed the middle there, but I did play a couple of the Game Boy Advance games now that I think about it, and I hated them, so... Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Uh, the, the Crash and Spyro crossover games. Oh. Those are barely games. Yeah. Um, which, you know, eventually, when we cover Spyro uh, on this podcast, I'll talk a lot about my Spyro love and how... Woof, uh, Universal also fumbled Spyro for a long time. Yes, Sean's the Spyro guy, I'm the Crash guy, Mason's the Go Vacation guy. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We haven't had a Go Vacation joke in a podcast in a while. I'm I, starting to miss it. I couldn't, One think, episode. I couldn't think of anything else. I was thinking Cars <laughs> guy, but we haven't done a Cars episode. So. I mean, we did, uh, we did uh, Flat Out 2. I meant the Pixar movie. Oh, the Fox. Pixar movie. I thought you meant, like, Cars. We no. did James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. And on this podcast, we like to ask two major questions of all the games we play. Genuinely thought you were about to skip them for a minute. <laughs> the first of this questions is, how does this game hold up? Okay, so remember when we talked about X2 Wolverine's Revenge? Yes. And you said, I think it holds up great because all the problems now are the same problems they'd be back then. I feel the same way. That's kind of, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it holds up fine because I'm sure the problems it had back then are the same problems it has now. Yeah, yeah. listening to reviews and everything, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's actually kind of the the only thing that I would say a little different than X-Men is just the camera is the only thing, but... Outside of that, because the camera in this game is so unforgiving, but that also goes with the same problem with the previous three. So, yeah, for what this game is, it does hold up fine. Yeah, it... It, it just... Its problems were... Evident back then. Yeah. So. And, but, and, like, if, if you had played a Crash game before, like a 
like if you had played any of the three Crash games before and then played this, it's gonna feel pretty much the same. Yep. So uh, and and in the same way, going back to this game feels the same as going back to any of the other Crash games. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah, Vaguely. And that's that is as we said is was their goal on this. It is very much a homage, spiritual successor to the Crash Bandicoot franchise. It is a Crash Bandicoot four. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how that's how it was marketed in mm. Japan. Yep, it was, it was Crash Four, and then to insanity was Crash Five in Japan. Which and means I'm very curious as to how it was when the actual Crash Four came out. It was like Crash Four, the real one, <laughs> <laughs> the real one. Yeah. The second question that we ask: Would this game deserve a reimagining or a remake in a modern setting? Huh, yeah. This is an that. interesting question for this one. <laughs> Because we've had, obviously, the Insane Trilogy, we've had Crash 4 made, could you literally take this game, tighten it up, and put, make it kind of the way they did the Insane Trilogy, and just have those controls, but have the same story, the same levels, just a little bit of tightening, and would this game be fine to play? Sure. Do I want that? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's any reason to... Any reason to? I don't know if there's any reason to. I just like Crash, so I will always take more Crash in my mm -hmm. life. But also, objectively, I don't know if there's any reason to. I mean, I would like it because as much as I do love Crash 4, it does feel kind of like a step back from 3. Mm -hmm. And again, that's really hard to compare. 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. I shouldn't judge it too much, but genuinely it feels like kind of a step back and i kind of think for as good as it's about time is compared to wrath of cortex i like some elements of wrath of cortex more than it's about time mm -hmm. so i feel like if you just took the two crash fours and merged them you'd have a contender for like the best crash game but as for now no i don't think this game would get one I'd play it, obviously, mm -hmm. and I would like to see an attempt made, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Would you gonna... Would you rather see them bring a a a either a HD remaster a or a full remake of this game or Twin Sanity? Oh, Twin Sanity, without a shadow of a doubt. Wow, because Twin Sanity is so different. Like as much as I did, kind of defend it there. This is just Crash Three Light, mm -hmm. and I'm and... not. Twin Sanity is, a, is something new. It's something new. It's something completely different. I would like to see them return to the Twin Sanity formula even, but that ain't going to happen because Twin <laughs> Sanity didn't do well. Uh, and the Insane Trilogy did very well. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it spoken what type of Crash Bandicoot game people are wanting to spend with their money on. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I think people would buy a Twin Sanity remake. I don't think it would be nearly as successful as the Insane Trilogy, obviously. But I think Twin Sanity has enough of a cult following that I think it'd do well. What Plus, if... again, Twin Sanity is another game that has so much cut content mm -hmm. that if you put some back and then maybe even do Wrath of Cortex as it was originally intended, but build upon the Twin Sanity engine... Maybe. I think it'd be neat. What uh, That, that kind of would lead into kind of my thought on it is what if they packaged both Wrath of Cortex and Twin Sanity as a two HD remake type or HD remaster package them together and put them on a new system would that 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 might be interesting even if they don't do much updates other than hey it's now slightly better graphics because it's you know we've, we've upgraded right. the graphics to a little bit but the enemies are actually actually try to hit you in the which with levels. updated graphics might help updated hitboxes a bit too so yeah, you know that so. could fix some of those things but yeah I, mean, I, I I feel like if they did that, this would just be an add-on add to, like, Twin Sanity or vice versa. Twin Sanity just an add-on. But I don't think we get a full remake of either of these simply it. because the popularity, while this game did sell enough on every system to be a greatest hit, platinum hit, and uh, uh, player's choice on all systems, which means it had to cross a million units. So yeah. it, it, it sold enough to hit all of those. Um, so... There was an audience at the time. I just don't think there is one now. So I think probably the best hope we'd get is if, say, it was thrown on, like, Game Pass or the PlayStation Classics type of those sort of things. I think I think at this point right now, and 
we'll see how well this statement ages when Crash Team Rumble comes out because we still don't know much about that game yet. I, is that sla- that's slated for later this year, right? Later twenty twenty three. Okay, yes. so we'll see how this ages when that when that comes out. But I think at this point, uh, the Crash Bandicoot franchise should be focusing more on ways to bring the franchise forward instead mm-hmm. of retreading ground that was already uh, that was already tread. Because yeah. they they already did that with the Insane Trilogy, and it was obviously popular enough to get to sort of bring the Crash Bandicoot name back from the dead. And then they released the remake of uh, Crash Team Racing. And then they did that, yes, uh, as well. Which uh, again for the Alta. And now that I, now that I think Crash Team Racing is one of the best kart racers ever, I still have to play it. It is legitimately an incredibly good kart racer, on par. It, the old one is on par, if not better, than Mario uh, Mario Kart 64. Mm. And the, obviously the remake is really fun. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it aged a lot better than Mario Kart 64 did. But I, but I think now that we're at the point where like Crash Bandicoot is sort of back into the conversation, and now that it's relevant again, I think it would be better in the long run for Crash Bandicoot to continue to try to push forward and do new things rather than retreading the old ground. And like I said, this, this statement might end up aging very poorly. Crash Team Rumble might come out and be complete garbage, and it's going to make me go, wait, go back! No, go back! I forget what I said. Go back. But, you know, at this point right now... You heard it here first. Crash, new skin on Fortnite. <laughs> Look, I'd buy it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Sonic skins. I was waiting for for the Sonic Two movie. <laughs> when when is when is Bad Barks Art Mega Man gonna be? <laughs> no, you know what? They'll put the Sonic skins in with Sonic Three because that's when they put Shadow in there. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Mason. I I do think that Crash needs to take more from Mario and how they just do games with them in different styles. Uh, you know, sporting games, the Mario Party franchise, the mainline games. There's RP. Mario can go into any genre, and I think Crash is very similar to that. You can throw Crash into any genre as long as you know how to treat the property uh, with the proper goofiness it deserves. Right. My thing is, Crash, I think, can do kind of any story. Like, you could give him a kind of serious story as long as you keep Crash yeah. yeah. Like, keep him being the goofball. Like, again, give him this super serious, like, edgelord-ass villain to go up against, but have him be, like, Crash. Like, have him be this goofball idiot. Like, I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. That's Wrath of Cortex. Uh, a game that we don't disdain, but definitely have some weird feelings about. Yeah. A game we definitely play. It's a game, <laughs> it's a we, game play. we play. Is it, is it fair to call this game disappointing? No, I wouldn't call it disappointing. I would just kind of call it existing. I mean, if yeah, it was fair. back then, I'd definitely call yes. it disappointing. But nowadays, when I've heard all the horror stories and all that, I'm like, yeah, it about fits up to my It's just kind of what it is. It exists. It is a game. But what do you guys think? Do you like Crash 4? Or what is your favorite Crash Bandicoot game? Well, what's you your can... Sorry, what's your favorite Crash 4? What's <laughs> your favorite Crash 4? You can actually tell us by sending us an email to bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. That's bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the podcast, your favorite games, or something that maybe you want us to play. You can just send that email and, you know... You might hear it read here on one of these podcasts. If you're one of the, if you're one of the few, like the one person listening out there that's that likes uh, Crash of the Titans, let us know. <laughs> that's fair. Look, he's on the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're listening on Spotify, click those follow buttons and keep up there. If you're on Apple iTunes, you know, type some words, give us five stars, tell us what you think, help us grow the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, if you're on any of the other platforms, Stitcher, Google, Samsung, all the other platforms that we have, Amazon, 
uh, and help us grow this podcast to new heights as we are about to finish our first season here. So we'll be back next time with a finale unlike any other. Get good, you slut.